When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Hey, Big Sean, you know, all the years we've been doing this show, we've never done a deep dive into the IRS. That's a topic I'm sure many of our listeners have questions about. What do you think? I'm there with you, Matt. You know, I'm trying to take the elephant out the room. Like, my uncle, he's always there. Like, Uncle Sam is always there. He's my partner in all my businesses. He's part of my home. He's part of my car. When I go into the store, he's right there, like that, tapping that, me on the back. Like that, I can't dude, get rid of Uncle Sam. Like that, he's that dude shows up. He shows up everywhere. But before we get in, before we go any further, I gotta let the audience know we have a very special, special, special thing for this show. We brought back a, a friend of the show. You heard her a few months back on our thirty-something episode. I'm talking about comedian extraordinaire Miss Karen Margolis is in the house, co-hosting with us today. What's good, Karen? How are you? Stop it, guys. I'm good. How are you? I must say, one of our most listened to episode, Karen. By the way, that's why we brought you back. You know, one of the most listened to episodes. Yes. Oh, I'm beloved. <laughs> Karen, do you have any past history or any affinity for Sean's uncle Sam, who shows up everywhere? Yeah, you know I want to say, for the record, Uncle Sam, who I know you're listening, I'm a patriot. More on that later. Um, <laughs> I do not have a problem with Uncle Sam. I support Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, I hope, has my back. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm with you, Karen. I'm also a patriot, and I hope Uncle Sam is uh, very happy with me as well. But before we go any further, Sean, you do a great job through the years on this show, and when we have different topics you, you've brought on different guests to help us uh, navigate through certain things that maybe our listeners are unclear on. What Do you have anything special today for us? Well, I didn't bring on Uncle Sam, but I brought on Auntie Tammy. <laughs> and, you know, and let's give you a little background on, on who she is and how we met. I think it's kind of interesting. I was going to be, I was audited about maybe about, what is it, eight <gasps> years ago, nine years ago. I got that dreaded letter in the mail, in the wow. brown envelope. You know, I, I stared at it for four days before I opened it. <laughs> got the curse. You, you did the ostrich. You did the head yeah. in the sand, the ostrich move. Exactly. 
And it basically said, you're going to be audited and you're going to meet with one of our auditors. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm expecting this tough guy, you know, no business type of person that knows everything, even knows what I knew when I clipped my toenails. I was expecting this guy to come in there. And it was actually, my auditor was, is, I can, I can probably say is my friend today still, um, she was actually one chosen for my audit and, you know, and we went through the audit process with her and then we actually, you know, believe it or not, became friends afterwards. You know, that shows how great my taxes are, right? So, so, <laughs> I don't, so, so yeah, so we, she, we, she, and then we made friends and any kind of tax questions I have, I can always go to her and she'll help me. Uh, she'll just give me the, the answers that I need to hear. So I thought, why not bring her on the show, Matt, and let her try to answer some questions that you may have. Great. Well, we're glad you did. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you for joining us. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, Tammy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the IRS? Well, I'm actually no longer with the IRS. Uh, if I was, I wouldn't be able to have this conversation. Got but it. <laughs> I did spend six years with the IRS as a um, an auditor, an IRS agent in the small business self-employed sector. Um, I spent six years there. I actually now am a forensic accountant, um, prosecuting people that don't pay their taxes. So I just went from one. You had some fun jobs. Tammy's no joke. You have some and relationship jobs. Like, shoot, you tell me that at our first date, I'm gonna be like, okay, this is nice. (laughs) (laughs) So I basically just went from one end of the spectrum to the other. So. Wow. Well. Sean, before before we delve any deeper, you want to give us a little history on, on the IRS, Sean? Sure, Matt. I was doing some homework, Matt, and like a quick lesson on the IRS. It was started in 1862 with President Lincoln. He signed into law a revenue-raising revenue measure to help pay for Civil War expenses. It's always about the war and fighting, Matt. The measure created a commissioner of, the, of internal revenue and the nation's first income tax. Now, I don't know why they changed it, because I'm a fan of what the first income tax was. It was like a couple lines. It was very simple, Matt. Anybody could do it. It was a 3% tax on, tax on incomes of $600 and above, Matt. <laughs> and if you made over $600, then you've made over, sorry, if you made over $10,000, then you were charged 5% on the 10 grand. Pretty uh, simple. Simple. Like, we could all file our own taxes. No need for an accountant. However, I may add it up times 3% or 5%. Well, in, in addition to that wonderful history you shared, Karen, do you have any fun facts about the IRS you can share with the, with the listeners? All right. So a fun fact, in 1931, the IRS intelligence unit used an undercover agent to gather evidence against gangster Al Capone, who was convicted of tax evasion and sentenced to 11 years. And I just watched Fear City on Netflix, so this speaks to me. Wow, the IRS <laughs> is no <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, they, that's how they got Al Capone on taxes, man. He avoided everything else, and they got him on taxes. Yeah, right, that was well, his longest sentence. Wow. That was All right. He was actually brought down by Maribel Willa, I think it's Willabrand. She actually um, got, got in. She was the uh, assistant, the, the ADA at that time, and she started to get all of the bootleggers and everybody on tax evasion because she couldn't get them on the crimes. So she Tammy, you are a tax nerd. L- Thanks. <laughs> 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 Who knows that? You just mentioned like that's Michael Jackson. On tax evasion. Yeah. So 11 years was the longest time spent in jail by Al Capone. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, 
that, that's enough of the history, Tammy. I'm, we're going to jump right in on, on what our viewers, our listeners, I should say, questions that, that we think the people out there want to know. So I'm going to start off with, what about people who find themselves with a major tax debt that they can't handle? If someone owes a significant amount of back taxes, there are some common questions I think that those folks would have. Like, like you know, on TV, there's these commercials that come on where we, we promise to reach out to the IRS and get rid of your debt. Are those companies real? Do those companies work? Is that some uh, is that some malarkey? What do you think about those commercials? And can our viewers trust any of those commercials? Or better yet, would you date one of those guys that works for one of those those? Would that be like? Would you be able to date one of those guys before you even answer? Conflict of interest. I think they're a joke. I think they're quite funny. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that they're not real. There is, you know, debt resolution with the IRS. You can come in with an offer and compromise. You can set up an installment plan, but it's you can go do bankruptcy. Um, but it's not just going to disappear unless you actually start to do something. You have to do something. So if you have a large amount of debt with the IRS and you're not sure where to start, the first thing you need to do is start with an installment agreement with them. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a lien, a levy. They're going to garnish your wages. They're going to garnish your bank account. They're going to start to, you know, take your assets and all that other good stuff. So you definitely want to start. Um, your first step should be requesting an installment plan with them. And then after that, you want to seek help from an attorney, a tax attorney or a CPA or anybody that is able to actually speak on your behalf. And then you can try to go for an offer and compromise. An offer and compromise isn't granted to everybody but um you know it doesn't hurt how time. do you qualify for an offer and compromise how do you offer qualify i've never done an offer and compromise but um you basically have to show some type of hardship so you have to say hey i let's say divorce i got a divorce and my income um i've never worked before so my income or i've never i don't even not even to say work or i've never I don't know. It has to be like something serious happened in your life to show that you need, it's a hardship. There's a hardship. So you have to have some type of hardship for them to be able to say, okay, we'll actually look at your paperwork. First to go to the next level. If there's no hardship and you're just saying, hey, I don't got it. I don't want to pay it. You're <laughs> going to get a letter sent right back as denied. So should try to show some type of hardship for your offer and compromise. It definitely helps. Divorce, um, somebody passed away. Different things like that. Got it. Well, what if you, what if you just are not going to be able to pay it for a long time? You're just completely in over your head. Is there like a debt forgiveness? Will they ever just let it go? No. Why would I do that? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, offering compromise it just lessens the amount. It's never just letting it go unless you go through bankruptcy. So if you go through bankruptcy, then you know you could add that to your um your case and hopefully it'll go through but no never let it go they'll be on your back until what if it's a really small amount that you owe and you just aren't you just can't pay it like if it's it's not it's not a lot it's not gonna like it would maybe cost them more to even bother with you than you have or can pay do they is there any small amount are you trying to set a baseline to know what you don't have to pay trying to set a baseline here Um, Five hundred dollars less. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it happened like that. They're gonna come for you. Let's just put it like that. They're gonna come for you. They have um, 
even partnered up, which is a while ago, but they partnered up with outside collection agencies, which is a whole mess in itself, um, to collect the debt. So they're coming for you. They're is going it to get their money. Is it true that after 10 years, though, that do they, do they, does it still live on? Does it ever come a point where a tax debt becomes, that it drops off, or does it last till, you, till the day you die? So it really depends. It's funny that you asked this because I was looking into this. Um, so it really depends. It really depends on did you file a return? Did you try to, when was your last point of contact with the IRS? That's what it depends on, believe it or not. So if you are, say you filed a return, I believe it's seven years, not 10 years ago. But um, if you decided that you filed an amended return because a lot of people get into that they'll file a return they owe a lot of money then they'll file an amended return and that starts the process and the time frame all over again so it really depends on when was your last point of contact with them for that for that seven year clock to start ticking other than that you're kind of uh kind of screwed and they're going to get their money one way or another so you definitely want to call the, the whole thing that i always tell my clients and i just tell people in general call set up an, an installment agreement Call like, the IRS. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> Call the IRS. Okay, so then send it in. Send it in. You know, you can just fill out the form and send it in. But you really need to make sure that you're speaking to them because it helps. Because now you're talking interest, you're talking penalties, you're talking additional money that could actually be more than the actual deficiency. So you don't want to have to pay penalties that are two times what you actually owe because you've been dodging and now it's just out of control. So definitely give them a call and just set up an installment agreement and then work from there. But also with the installment agreement, that clock starts ticking again. Can you go to jail if you can't pay what you owe? Is it like pay or jail? Um, it's pay. Have you locked ready. anybody up? Excuse me? Have you locked anybody up? <laughs> so it's just regard that. Um, so it's pay, levy, lien, garnishment before it's jail. Like jail. It doesn't just happen like that. There what on the Wesley? Wesley is a whole other story. Wesley was <laughs> trying to avoid, 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 and then not claim it as his own. And then he tried to claim that he was ignorant to the law. He was out there looking kind of crazy. So yeah. he, um, with all of his money and all of his accountants on, 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 on staff, he just made himself look insane. So Wesley went to jail because it took a long time, number one. So I want to say that the IRS at that point was annoyed. So they're going to throw the book at him because there's no way you can tell me you didn't have the knowledge of and you're a millionaire with all these accountants on your staff and tax attorneys that you're coming to court with. You had some type of knowledge because you wouldn't have known where to go. So I want to say that they went and turned around and just threw the book at him because they were annoyed at that point. So it's highly unlikely if you kind of make take the initiative that you would go to jail. You have a lot of ways out to avoid jail, I guess is what you're saying. Um, well, it depends on what it is. It, it, uh, after a certain point, it becomes fraud. It becomes, you know, negligence. So mm. you have to make sure that you're on top of your stuff. After a certain amount of money, it becomes fraud and it becomes negligence. So you have to really make sure that you're, you're not out here trying to play games with the IRS just because you don't want to pay it. Because right. that you know, you're avoiding, that's called tax evasion. Got so you. if you're just saying, I just don't want to pay it, then that's blatant tax evasion. And that's going to, you know, get you in a lot of trouble. So I'm from the Caribbean and like, I know like a lot of people, not a lot, I know a few people don't come after me. I know a few people that have like 
some drive a legal taxi. They've kind of stayed under the radar. They even have their citizenships and they're not filing or paying any sort of taxes. Is there like, does the IRS come after these people or like how, what eventually happened? And I, and I actually feel sorry for them after a while because what happens, even a friend I've known has been doing it for like 20 years, he's almost like he's not in the system. He's just not here. He can't really get a bank card. He can't get a mortgage. He can't get a car loan. It's just like he's not existing to a sense. I think after a while it kind of works against you. But is there a time right. like when the IRS like, like says, comes after them? How do they find these people? Well, are we just talking about people that are not in the country? Are they, no, that are not filing, that are not filing taxes, like working it, under the it table. It really depends. Um, I know people that haven't filed for 15, 16 years, and now their kids are going to college and they need tax returns. So they're just like, well, what do I do? So if you're an employee and you're getting taxes taken out and you just have a W-2 to your name, most likely you're going to get a refund. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you're going to get a refund the irs is not coming after you to give you money that's what they're not going to do they're not going to say hey we owe you a refund no they're not doing that so it's basically you didn't really need to file in an essence but now that like i said his child is going to school he's like wait i need tax returns how far back should i file um if you don't have a lot of money because you got to remember you have to pay these people to do this work if it's not in the budget why they're not going to give it to you know auditors to do it's just gonna go below the surface until until honestly i can't give you a date so what you're saying most people that are probably not paying taxes and avoiding them they probably would be getting back money in the first place so they're really doing themselves a a disservice that's that's kind of funny right so i mean that that's I mean, and it depends. Are they do, are they an individual? Are they a business? Do they right. do they have 1099? Do they have a W-2? It depends right. on what forms that are underneath their EIN or their ITIN or their SSN. Gotcha. It really depends, and it takes a, it takes time to create those reports. So if I look at somebody's transcripts, that's a non-filer because that's what they're called. If I look at a non-filer's transcripts and I see that they got a bunch of W-2s and there's no capital gains, there's no 1099, there's no 1099-Ks, no nothing, I'm, okay, that's great. On to the next. That's just, it's time-consuming. I mean, on to the next is what? You're not, you tell them not to file? They basically or, or just, they just left a bunch of money on the table is what you're saying. Like yeah, they, it, yep. And it's just going to sit there because I'm not, I'm not going to give it to you. You need to come and get it. Oh, you're talking about, on, okay, when you, okay, I got you, I understand. When you're working at the IRS, you're looking through cases, and you're seeing people with all this, this W-2s, and they never file their taxes, you don't really care, because most of, most t- chances are the IRS is supposed to give them back money, and they just didn't realize Right. It, I have you? to measure and see if this is even worth my time. So why'd you come so, after me? Uh, <laughs> Leave me alone, story, then. <laughs> Leave me alone. Why'd you come after me? You are another story. You came across <laughs> my desk, things were looking a little fishy, and I needed to investigate. That's how that uh, went. Well, in my personal sector, I was in small business self-employed sector. Um, And there, I don't get the cases. I only get, if I'm looking to see if somebody's a non-filer, it's generally because they're already under audit for something else. So when you um, are under audit, we're supposed to look at the previous year and the subsequent year. So what would a non-filer be be like, what would like typically they'd be for something else if they haven't even filed their taxes? Say that again? Like you just mentioned, for a non-filer, you'd only really recognize it if something else comes across your desk pertaining to them. What kind of example would that be? 
So if they are a business, Schedule C, 1120 as 1065, uh, 1120, and their expenses are outweighing their income, and they've done that for about three to five years, I have to determine if this is an actual business or are they in it for an ho- just an expensive hobby. Um, I always believed in that. Like company people that I know that show losses consecutively after year after year, I'm like, I don't think the IRS is a fool. Like, why would you do a business in 10 years straight you've showed losses? Like, why are you still doing this business? I just always felt like I don't understand reporting losses consecutively. I mean, that's an expensive hobby. So what the IRS can do with taxpayers like that is we can limit your losses to your income. So instead of you actually having like $10,000 worth of income, $20,000 worth of losses, $10,000 loss, we'll cut it off at $10,000 because that's what your income is. So we'll limit you. So when people sit there and they have all these losses, generally it's to get a return, to get into the guidelines for EITC, and for them to get more money back, to take away from what they actually owe. Um, So we'll go in and we'll determine that this is just an expensive hobby and we will cut your losses at where your income is. So then you won't have any more losses to offset whatever income that you actually had. So essentially you'll end up owing the money that you got paid back in the refund with interest and penalties and what you originally owed. Well, one thing that we owe right now is we owe our commercial uh, sponsors uh, a break. So we're <laughs> going to take a quick break. Which we are going to file the income that we get from these commercials, Matt. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're filing this. <laughs> and when, when, when we come back, we're going to discuss audits. Ooh, scary. So stay tuned for Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Knock, knock. It's the IRS, Matt. They're coming for you, bro. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Knock, knock. Who is it? The IRS. We're coming oh, to get you. That's really good. <laughs> Today we're asking all the questions you want to know about the IRS, so let's get back to it. All right, Tammy. Who gets audited and why? Audit. Most audits are at random, so it's um, it doesn't really target. They don't really target anybody unless you're, you have a red flag. If you're already flagged, meaning like you've already had previous audits or maybe you're a related audit to a fraud case or um, the diff score is off, meaning that you're not in the norm of what's going on with your business type or what's going on with your income. Um, but for the most part, they're at random. Because I remember an, a, an old wise man told me, and it's always sticks in my head, he was like, Never be the first to file your taxes. Don't file first because that's when they assign all the caseworkers and that's when you get audited. Always do an extension or file at the last minute because they've exhausted all their resources and you won't get audited. Negative. That doesn't work like that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not that's true. Funny. He's no. like, do the extension. He told me you all the time. To Audits don't happen just like that. They're not going to happen as soon as they come in. That's ridiculous. Uh, who has time to look at tax returns as they as they come hey, in? Hey, hey, a wise old man told me that. Um, okay. Um, so what happens <laughs> is you have three years to be audited. So from the date that you file your return, April 15th, 2020, you have until April 15th of 2023 to be audited. So that means everything below April 2016 we can throw away now? Because I still have like if tax returns. I still have time. my records from the 90s. So I can, you, you're, can throw those away in it? <laughs> you can definitely throw those away. I just see on TV, like they're coming back for all those years. I, didn't, I, I always feel nervous about throwing away 
like my record so I can clear out a basement and get rid of everything from 16 and back? I mean, keep 16 because if it's fraudulent, we can go back as far as you like. There's no more statue. Um, but for regular audits, it's only three years. So you have to keep documentation on hand for the last three years. You have to. It's the law. Oh, okay. Well, I got to clean out my basement tonight. Have fun. Shred. Shred <laughs> everything. Shred everything. So there are times, though, where the statute... So nobody's going for an audit immediately unless it's something that messed with the diff score. The diff so, score means that somebody hasn't actually looked at it and it's just in the system. It red flagged it because the diff score jumped and it was off. What's it called? A diff score? Diff. D-I-F. And what's the range of this score? A difference? What's um... It? It's, it depends on the business type. It depends on your income. It depends. It dep there's so many variables with that. So what are some misconceptions then that people may have that are not basically not true? What you just said. Um, yes. <laughs> if I, there's just so many. I mean, just think of any reason why you think a person would be audited. And it's probably a misconception. People, like you said, if I file first, what does that mean? That just means that you're getting your money back first. That's really what that means. What about all cash businesses? Are those like more versus businesses where that, you know, everything is kind of transparent? Are all cash businesses more subject to being audited? Let me ask you something. How do I know it's an all cash business? As you guys auditor, are connected to the banks. You're not connected to the banks. You don't go into put in my social and all my Chase accounts pop up and everything. And you see that, hey, this guy does deposits every day. You don't see that? No, it doesn't work like that. We still have laws that we have to follow, or they still have laws <laughs> that they have to follow. It would be nice if it worked like that. Audits would be a lot faster, but it doesn't work like that. Um, but we don't know it's an all-cash business until until we start to dive into your books and records. So you have to, we basically have to, you basically have to tell us because now everybody's going cashless. Even the barbershops, right. the restaurants, everybody's going cashless and everybody's doing, you know, Square, Stripe and all those other good things, which are great because they report directly to the IRS. But I don't know that it's an all cash business until you tell me gotcha. until I start to get into your books and records. So I can't determine that just by looking at your return. If you have something that you're nervous about. And let's say whether you have records or don't have records or whatever, can you just like call up the IRS and they'll be nicer to you because you took the initiative? Yes. Have it, really? So if they have to find you, it's less nice. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that's pretty much how that works. Don't make me come and find you. Respond to my letter because if I come in and I have to actually come and find you, now I have an attitude. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to do all of that work. I'm the government. Hello. Because I will be completely honest with you. They take on the attitude of, I'm the federal government. So why am I looking for you? You should be looking to get back in contact with me. Is so that a part of the training? Do they train that in terms of, like, we, we come to, like, don't come weak. We're, like, is that something that, like, a new person at the IRS gets, you know, trained to, to think like that? Yes. <laughs> In, in an essence, I didn't want to say that, but in an essence, yes, we have nine months of training, nine long months of training, um, and the training is based on so many things other than just tax law. But I will say, um, it's not necessarily to you know keep your nose high and your pinky up, but it is to have people understand that you know I, I'm kind of a representative of the government. No, I may not you know be FBI and I may not be Secret Service, but I am still a representative of the government. I should not have to come looking for you. Although I will say in my particular position, I was a field auditor. So I was always out in the field. 
So there are necessary steps uh, and mandatory steps that we have to take before we can just assess anybody additional tax. So we Any actually have to search for you. You know, we actually have to call you. There's three steps that we have to take, or at least from this long list, you have to take at least three of the steps, which is to call you, um, send the letter to you, certified mail. And in my position, I actually went to your house or your job or your kid's school or wherever it was that I could find you to make sure that I took my step to say, hey, I'm looking for you, but I'm not coming happy. I'm not coming happy at all at that point in time. You any weird any weird stories you've had? Like just weird people you've met off the field? I'm sure you have plenty of them just that you want to share. <laughs> any kind of like, um, or advice you would stories? give people that when you're coming after them? Don't run. Oh my gosh. Don't run. You feel run? <laughs> Don't run. You mean literally run? Literally physically run? Just, you know, talk to me like I'm a person because I'm a person too. So once you see me coming, because I'm sure you've already done your research, you know, and once I announce who I am, don't shut the door in my face because now I'm really upset. <laughs> I'm going to be really upset. Um, talk to me. Talk. Let's have a conversation. If something is going on, tell me. I'm a person too, and I want to know what's happening on why you didn't respond. If you didn't get my letters, tell me you didn't get my letters. I'm not going to believe you, but just tell me you didn't get my letters. Let's, <laughs> let's have a conversation. It's really about keeping the line of communication open. But yes, I've had people run. I've had I've showed up to somebody's um, daughter's daycare because that was the only place that I knew for sure that I was going to find them. And um, he was peeking out the window when I came wow. to his house. So he knew what I looked like. So when I showed up to his daughter's daycare, he was just kind of like, really? And I was like, yeah, really? So are we going to have this conversation now? Or what are we going to do? But people are so, I think like, okay, so I love Law and & Order and like, I am very aware that what I say can and will be used against me in a court of law. People avoid you because they're afraid that you're just gonna, you know, like you're not, everybody knows if like a cop, you get arrested, you're not supposed to say anything because anything that you say, however innocuous, they can just turn that around on you. You're supposed to get a lawyer, say nothing, do nothing and just like stonewall them and there's nothing they can do. I'll tell you this. If I'm out on the street, if I actually have to leave my office and come find you, <laughs> you may want to talk to me nice. That's what I am going to say. You may <laughs> talk to me really nice. nice. Yeah, I talk like to it. me nice. And be very careful about what you say because I'm not going to say it will be held against you in the court of law because I'm not taking that. Oh, God willing, I won't have to take it that far. But I am going back to my office and I'm documenting all of that. Any and and your words, you your words is a is a true words, and right, what you document is hard for anybody to kind of contest. I'm a representative of the IRS of the oh federal government. Excuse me. So yes, wow. absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I know. You see, <laughs> Tammy, when does something stop being an IRS problem and start being a police problem? Um, fraud. Once it okay. becomes fraud. So if you are just having a money issue. That just gets sent over collections. That doesn't have anything to do with me. I send it over. I just do my part. I do the audit. I assess the additional tax. I let you know what it is, and I, I move it forward. So it becomes a police problem once fraud is involved. And when fraud is involved, I don't tell you that on my level. Oh, on the level wow. that I was at, you, you would smile. You smile with us? What do you Absolutely. say? What do you do? 
We don't even know. Okay, you're going to jail for 20 years, but have a nice day. Be good. No, at that point, I am your best friend, and I'm just getting as much information as I can from you, and I'm documenting it. You know, we're setting a brother up. Yeah, absolutely. We're having conversations. (laughs) You know, I'm talking to you and speaking to you. I'm building a rapport. I'm letting you know you can call me anytime. Wow. I'm writing that all down. So we don't even know we should be lowering up right now. Huh? We don't even know we should be lowering up. Lower, lower. Wow. You're not supposed (laughs) to know. I'm supposed to keep cool. No, you're not supposed to know that. But I am becoming your, I am your best friend at that point in time. So mm-hmm. even though it's been eight years, Sean, be careful. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> does no, it, I become your best friend. Does it make a difference if you're white? Why you got to ask that? Because the person involved now, Karen, why you got to go there? I wanted to go there. I wanted to go there. I just didn't want to go there. But the white Jewish girl had to go there. Why did you have to go there? But you know what? Let's be honest. Let's be real. It helps a lot. In a lot of situations. <laughs> so in does white privilege okay. help with the IRS? That's your question. That's yeah, your question, that's right? That's I why mean, we bring you back. White privilege, does white mother effing privilege <laughs> help with the IRS? That's your that's question. Because you know what? It helps when you're talking to the police. Like, you feel it, obviously, <laughs> at work. helps at the store. It helps on the street. It helps, you know, you, I mean, you get it. <laughs> It wouldn't help with me if that yeah, was yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't help with me. I don't care. You could be purple, brown, black, orange, green, white. I don't care. I, I have a job to do, and that's that. I am the enforcer of the law. So I don't care what color you are. Well, to that point, though, in terms of privilege, like if, if you're a wealthy person who's in tr- who has an investigation and you have like high high powered lawyers or, or tax attorneys like like if you're rich can you pay to do those people have an advantage i guess with a better lawyer like a, you know what i mean like, and have you been surrounded with like power lawyers and it's just you in the room and they're all coming at you i think it's hysterical yeah all the time that actually is what deterred me from wanting to be a cpa is being in these rooms with these tax attorneys and cpas and they're spitting fake tax law at me and I'm spitting back facts. So it really deterred me from wanting to get my CPA because I'm like, you guys are just really great at taking an exam because here's little old me. Cause mind you, I was in the IRS in my twenties. I started when I was 21 and I finished there when I was 27. So it was just like little old me in a room. I don't really get bothered by much, but you know, oh, I'm a CPA and I've been doing this for 30 years. Like, that's how they would always start their conversation. And I'm like, okay, great. So let's talk law. And then once we're speaking law, they're like, oh, you know, you really don't need to look. Yeah, law goes like out the window. It's just, can we make a deal? It becomes a, you know, this is the gray area. Can we just make a deal? I don't have time for a deal. I have time for law. I have time for facts. And a lot of the time that wasn't given to me. Tammy is no joke. I love the firmness and like you like it's very like you know what you're like your mission like you're not wavering. <laughs> well, she said no. it from the beginning. Treat me like a human, respect me, you know, and don't try to overtalk me. And you know, and then maybe we can get something. You can have some positive outcome out of this. Absolutely. But if you try to act like you know more, or you try to like Matt, you do maybe run. You're gonna be in trouble, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and if Karen tries to see her white privilege over there, she's gonna be in trouble too. <laughs> it ain't working. <laughs> 
what is the point of even being white if it doesn't have <laughs> like just reach in your purse pull out that race car like, what? I know it doesn't you work. got it deep <laughs> you right no that doesn't Hilarious. work over here it's just refreshing it's really just about communication we're people too and i think people are just too afraid to realize, like, I just want to talk to you. I think, Sean, we, I was pregnant at the time, and we've had several conversations when I was yeah. auditing you besides what the paperwork that was in front of me because I'm yeah. sitting in your office or your accountant's office at that time and then at your, your place of business for days. And yeah, hours. I would just say, as a side note, just, you know, just, just to even echo what, what uh, Tammy is saying, and I'm hoping every auditor is like Tammy, you know, we had really, you know, good conversation and she was very like, you know, she was just patient, patient. Like there's things that she would just ask me to prove, like she never did any favors and the only, but she would just give me the time. Like she allowed, if she said, you know, she allowed me to go through my bank record to show something. She, she allowed me to come the next session. She'd tell me what she needs from me and I'd be able to go back to my office and find what she need, what she needed to show, you know, to show what she needed to to, to pass. And basically, based on all that and her patience, I would say, you know, I had a, a zero audit change, um, which is, I think, what people are, are aiming for. Right, Tammy? Absolutely. Um, no yeah. change audit. No change or change with, like, no deficiency. Um, but that means everything checked about. out. It's about educating. Or at least that's how I see it. I don't know if every auditor sees it that way. I can speak on a few that don't, but I'll leave that alone. But it's about educating. That That's our job. That's our due diligence to the public. Because not everybody knows tax law nor wants to learn tax law or how to keep their books and records together. So it's Is really it's just about going in there. If you're seeing a problem, discuss it. Ask, ask them what happened. That's like the nicest thing. And, and what we should do is just hear what happened. I want to know what happened and why this isn't the way that it is. Now, if you give me some nonsense, then now we're going to have a problem. But if but you want it, to talk about it, then let's talk about it and see how we can fix it. So is it standard, though, that if I get audited, I'm by law, I have three six-hour sessions to show? Or can some auditors yeah. be like, no. So, right. So what's standard um, practice? In? So it, there really isn't any standard practice. Again, I was a field auditor. So I was in the field. So my job is to come out to you. My job is to check out your place of business while I'm sitting there and I'm looking through all of your expenses to look around to see if these expenses are actually in your place of business without having to ask you. So wow. They're, they're You're snooping. Huh? You're snooping, Snoop Dogg. I'm investigating. Investigating. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tammy, the, the IRS, back taxes, audits, all this stuff is very serious business. But... We have our resident comedian in the house. Uh, Karen is a very funny person, and, and, and she has some questions here that I, I just want to, you know, uh -oh. pull your coat. Uh -oh. There's a, a uh -oh. bit of a there's a bit of a, a humor with these questions, but 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 Karen, please please ask ask some of those questions that we had discussed earlier. Oh my God! Be patient. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> here it comes. Serious. Yeah, I'd appreciate if you take these seriously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so do you do auditors like get a beer after work on Friday and then just talk magic about the people they're auditing? Like oh, leave this one guy, Sean with good credit. He thinks his credit's so good. <laughs> Who said this after work? Oh. <laughs> it might be during work. <laughs> it's not always after work. It's sometimes coming back to the office and like 
hey, or if we know the accountant and he has several cases in our office, oh, he's getting talked about bad. I so, yeah, we already know that that, you know, that particular taxpayer that has this particular accountant, which is no good, they're screwed. And we're just like, yeah, again, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's how that goes. <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, are you, okay, so what's the personality type of an auditor? Like, you know, have, have you ever met chefs, like professional chefs, and they're just like wild people? Like, they do this really intense job, but then they like snort lines of vodka later. Like, what is an auditor <laughs> like after work? <laughs> after work? Yeah, like, are they like party people? Like, is it like auditor by day and wild person? I thought they do like math trivia all day long after work, or they do like, <laughs> <laughs> they do like, can you get this debit to add to this credit? Like, did you know that? <laughs> That's kind of me. But um, I'll digress on that. It depends. I, I Listen, I've worked with some auditors. They are about their business all day, all night. And I'm like, sis, how do you have a husband? But that's not my business. But then they have <laughs> other auditors who, you know, it's a nine to five. To me, it was a nine to five. When I go home, I have my kids. I had my husband at the time. I'm divorced, probably because I'm an investigator. But, <laughs> you know... <laughs> We had, I had a life outside of that. I would, my kids were in football. I don't have time to think about that. And I would see people, like people that I audited in Target, and they would, <gasps> I was like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey. But they, would, they wouldn't know how to react to that because I come in with, you know, non, no nonsense, relentless, where's this and where's that. But outside of that, I think I'm pretty cool. Am I cool, Sean? Very cool. I'm cool. He's not, he's very cool. Now you're you're good people. This is touching. Oh. What is um okay? So what are y'all's Christmas parties like? Oh my I god! Never <laughs> you never went to Christmas party. You didn't even want the story for this podcast. I never went. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-mm. There. Like that said, that sums it up. People? That sums it up right there. Okay, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Is there anybody smoking hot working at the IRS? Like, I'm gonna get there and be like, yes, audit me. Are there any, in other words, are there any Karens or Tammies left there? <laughs> I was smoking hot at the IRS. Unmarried men. Oh, married men? Uh, you know what? One of my best friends to this day, um, he's Jewish. And he was at the IRS. And to this day, we speak all the time. But honey, he just got married, but he's hot. Izzy was hot. He definitely was hot. Like, I cannot see guys, two auditors like, married to get married. I just can't picture that life of fun. Well, <laughs> like well, two for, for for my my career is actually making television content, and I think we may have a great pitch of the auditor love connection. Like <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on that. But right now, it's time for us to take another commercial break. Uh, so you guys stay tuned for more two black two black guys with good credit, and we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right; we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Two Black Guys. With knock, knock. Knock, knock, bro. Who is it? The IRS, bro. <laughs> give it. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. Talk I'm to my talk boy. to my attorney. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we are back. It's it's knock knock. Who is it? It's the IRS show. Two black guys with good credit is giving you all the information you need to understand how to deal with your tax questions, your back taxes, your audits. We've been joined by the lovely Tammy, who's been schooling us. Also, we have our lovely co-host Karen in the house. So let's get back to it. Tammy, does the IRS get irritated at legal tax loopholes? No, I actually um, love the challenge. Okay. I, I like people that can manipulate the code to benefit themselves. I really do. Oh, wow. not, I, I don't like when it's black and white. I like a challenge. I like to learn because sometimes I learn. There are some people that I've actually learned from. Um, where I thought the code was black and white and they were like, nah, look at this shade of gray and they manipulate the heck out of it and I can't do anything but applaud, applaud them. Um, is the IRS cutting people any slack at all because of COVID? Like, are they letting go of some, like, maybe little weird things or are, things, are they kind of, like, glossing over some stuff? So I think, in my honest opinion, because, again, I'm not with the IRS anymore, but I will say that... Um, you know, they gave everybody a nice little break. If you had, uh, if you were on an installment agreement, they froze that for a little bit. They gave us until July 15. But I am going to say, in my personal opinion, I feel like they're coming back strong because there's just way too much room for error. A lot of room was left for error. A lot of breaks were taken. Um, so, and they have to recuperate that money. So they're going to come back real strong with a whole lot of audits um, to get what they gave. Nothing's for free. So uh, what about what about using like like free speech or freedom of religion type excuses to avoid some kind of tax consequences? Any does that take into effect in any way? That's cute. No. <laughs> no, not at all. That is so scary. Because if you're like a Christian and you don't want to bake a gay couple a cake, you don't have to. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm not saying that's right. Now. Separation between church and state. So, I mean, like, no, just no. Mm-mm. What about, um, like, now it's happening with all these PPE loans and all these different government incentives and filing? You think, what do you think is going to happen, And you know, down the road? What's your opinion? Um, there's a lot of fraud with PPP and EIDL. A lot right. of fraud. Um, Absolutely. Like said, they're getting their money back. 
any way possible. So if you took TVP, EIDL, and you didn't use it properly, um, expect some penalties. They haven't really put that out there yet. I can't wait for it to come out. Uh, but Wow, that's a, you can't wait for it to come out. <laughs> I can't wait to read it, meaning that I can't wait to read on it to see, because, you know, I'm into fraud. I'm into fraud. I'm into taxation. So I can't wait for it to come out for them to release what the penalties are going to look like, for the audits to start on that. Because what did happen during this time, where these different sectors of the government did not communicate, they are now communicating. They are now in communication, and they are opening certain parts of their systems to other parts. Like Social Security is now opening up to SBA. Um, I'm sorry, to the IRS. So then we can see who got what benefits instead of them having to do a request and it taking six to eight weeks. No, they literally opened a part, a part of their system for the IRS to go in and check information firsthand. Well, so, let me ask you a question. Did the change of government help or worsen situations? When new government comes in and they're over, they're auditing this, will it be better for us? Or if the current government stays, will it be better? I have no idea. I mean, the IRS has always kind of stayed outside of that because they're more so about the money. You know what I mean? And the money has the money makes the world go round. So I, I really I I don't really know. I don't know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, but there will be a whole lot of audits and a whole lot of prosecutions and a whole lot of money coming back. Wow. Can someone be so messy financially that it actually draws attention to people around them, like in their corporate? Whoa. Yeah, that's called a related audit. That's called a related. Lit- wow. Related wow. <laughs> so, someone that, if you come over to my house and you're auditing my girlfriend and she's messed up, there's a chance that I can get audited next? It, it depends. Like, if there's something in the return, say I have a fraud case and they made a payment to Sean. I'm going to go and look into Sean's information now, especially wow. if they didn't give you a 1099 like they're supposed to. If it's over $600, they didn't issue it, you a 1099. I'm going to I'm going to go take a sneak peek into your information to see what's going on. And if it's not worth opening, then I won't open it. But if it is, then hello, I'm Tammy and I'm from the IRS. And <laughs> we need to establish a relationship and I'm going to need this information from you. You know how it goes. But that's do you have any like idea in terms of numbers and like the percentage of the populace? Like, like how many in terms of the amount of IRS workers, the amount of people in the country? Are there are a lot of people like flying under the radar because it's too many people to actually? Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, they are short staffed. Mm-hmm. I remember I had an inventory of thirty six people. Um, cases on my desk and I was supposed to like go through that in six months never happened always took years but um once once you remove one you get two so and the percentage of audits is actually very low but it's also on trillions of people so what what is the percentage of audits what is the percentage oh I don't know off the top of my head but it's, it's very it's very very low it's not in the double digits I remember that but it's, oh. it's very low but um you also have to remember there's different types of audits. There's a correspondence audit, there's an office audit, and there's a field audit. So correspondence is just when they're sending you a letter and they tell you to send information back. Office audit is when you have to actually go into the office. And then what I was was a field auditor, which is going to take more time because we deal with individuals um, with a higher income bracket and uh, their, their returns are a little bit more complex. 
Um, but we actually go out in the field. We do our research, like watching you and all this other Once stuff. Once again, right. why were you looking for me then? I'm just a humble man. Why were you looking for me? I told you your Discord's probably messed up. <laughs> well, T- Tammy, we want to thank you for coming on the show and, and enlightening us and our listeners and dispelling some myths, some misnomers, giving us the real on the IRS. We really appreciate you being with us today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. This is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is the same person that came for the tax code to come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Tammy, thanks again for coming on Two Black Guys with Good Credit. And like I said, I hope I see you at the bar, not at the audit. (laughs) (laughs) Got jokes. (laughs) All right. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Let me let loose on the IRS that I no longer work for. Let's just make that clear. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this was so much fun, Tammy. Um, I'm so shook. (laughs) Never been more scared of the IRS in my entire life. Um, Do you have anything to plug? Any social or websites? Absolutely. Um, If you guys have audit problems or you need audit help, you guys can find me at TaxTTammy, T-A-X-T-E-A-T-A-M-M-I-E on IG. As tea as in drinking a cup of tea? This doesn't sound like no cup of tea thing. This should be exactly. taxi vodka. Taxi, taxi, <laughs> Spilling all the tea on taxes. Yep, that's what it is. All right, then. Well, again, we want to thank our guest, and that brings us to the close of this episode of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We hope this show was informative to you. If you have any issues with your taxes, any questions, reach out, file, call, you know, get in contact with them. Take, get your head out of the sand if, you, if you've been hiding. You know, Don't be, be scared. proactive. Don't be scared. Because as I always say, nothing changes if nothing changes. I'm Matt Smith, one half of Two Black Guys with Good Credit, and I'm out. <laughs> this has been so much fun, you guys. I had such a good time hanging out with you. Tammy is a really informative tax nerd. (laughs) 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 I've never spoken to anyone from the IRS. That was amazing. Um, You can always reach me and say hi on social media, Karen Margolis, K-E-R-E-N-M-A-R-G-O-L-I-S. I I hope I connect with you on there. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to send us a note, questions to the show, and questions just in general, please don't send it through Facebook. Don't text me. Send it to Two black guys with good credit at gmail.com. That's T B G W G C at gmail.com. I'm Sean, the better half of two black guys with good credit. Keep your money in your damn pocket, people. Two black guys with good credit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.